You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. Well, good morning, everybody. It's great to see you all. And uh, this morning, I just wanted to start out with just thanking the church. And uh, I know, uh, obviously, from just spending time with Tyler but also just feeling it in, in the heavenlies, uh, your prayers and your concerns and your cares for us and just carrying us through uh, this season of waiting to get here. And so thank you for that so much. I know I mentioned that a little bit yes or uh, last Sunday or the Sunday before as well. Um, I also wanted to just say thank you to everybody for, for just helping us out. Um, just for just providing us with bedside tables and beds and outside furniture and just all the different things that hangers, vacuums, like just stuff, but stuff that we need to make home home, right? And uh, so we we do really feel blessed and we do really feel supported. And uh, Kyle and I and the kids are just really really grateful. We have been here now just over two weeks. So life has been a bit of a whirlwind. Um, lots has been going on, as well as for you know for for Hannah and for Chris, and obviously for Tyler and Donna, with uh, recently <laughs> also moving to Burgess Hill. So God's up to something, and uh, but it has been a real whirlwind. But we we really felt the presence of the Lord in it. This morning I was mentioning to Judy that uh, we're really enjoying Burgess Hill. Uh, we've only been to Brighton a couple times um, so far, but I was saying we're excited to start going around town without a list in our hand uh, with all the things that we need to get. We're hoping very soon that we'll be able to kind of leave the list at home and just explore and see uh, what's offered in Burgess Hill, and it seems like there's a lot of things. One really cool prayer, our answer to prayer, um, before we moved here, I remember, uh, I guess it would have been shortly after kind of having the conversation with Tyler about, uh, about making this big step. And my biggest concerns, while well, one was uh, my children, our children. It was like, okay, God, in, in, in Canada, there was this sense of predictability. There was a comfort. We had lived in the community that we had lived in pretty much for uh, eight years. And so uh, we were well known. Um, and we were really engaged. And so there was some comfort to that. And so we, our kids, we knew that they'd be going to this school and that school, and this is what it looked like, and I was a part of the school system a little bit in, in various ways. And so coming here was like, they're just going to be thrown out there. As adults, we can somewhat manage that. We can work through that. But as children, it's like, we're just like, see you later, and they're off, and they're 8, and they're 11. And it was like, man. So I remember sitting in my office, uh, at, at the church in Sylvan Lake, I remember just breaking down completely and just being so vulnerable with God and just saying, God, my two concerns are my children and finances. And it's like, as a, as a father, generally speaking, okay, I not, don't mean to tip stereotype because Kyla also worked in Canada and provided for our family. But there's this, sometimes this pressure that we put on ourselves as, as men to provide. And so coming here was like, I don't know how I'm going to do that. Like, if people don't want to support us, how are we going to make this work? 
So the children and the kids, or children and, and finances. And so then we move here, and we're living down in the Hawthorns, and uh, my kids were over at the park, and they were just like hanging out, and all of a sudden they saw a BMX bike in the distance going, kind of moving. And they thought, what the heck? And it was not just like this, it was like this. And so they look a little closer, and then they take a walk over there, and they see this BMX track. Well, our kids in Canada were a part of um, outdoor BMX racing. And this was one of the, one really big thing, especially for Silas, that he was leaving behind. This sort of like, I mean, he potentially was going to be an Olympic superstar. Okay, that's how good he is. Okay, I just, yeah. And, and he had to like leave that behind. And it was so it was so tremendous how the Lord saw just even those small little things that are obviously in his life really big and uh, provided that. And I know that there was one there before, but it was quite beat up. And so just the town had just recently rebuilt that. And so that was really cool. And so those are just some of the really little things that how God has just really provided for us and really just met some of those needs. I mean, living where we're living is just so convenient in so many ways here. And, uh, and we, we uh, had Tyler look for so many locations for us. And uh, the one that said no pets was the one that said, yeah, you can have a dog. And uh, the rest said no. And then, and then as Kyla continued to get emails after we said, yes, we want this place, and after the leadership here agreed, yeah, we need to do it even though they're not here yet, um, Kyla kept on getting emails, and there was nothing um, in this area at all. If, if anything, it was like two bedrooms, and generally speaking, it was all well over a thousand pounds a month. And so it was really cool to see how God um, just had his hand in, in this move and in what what's been going on. And so we're excited along with you guys about the future of Center Church and what's going to be happening. And uh, yeah, so thank you. I, I, we, there's no, I, thank you is not generally you know, enough, but hopefully we'll get to know each of you a little bit more and thank you in, in different ways. So this morning I wanted to talk about being abandoned in Him. If you want notes afterwards, just talk to Tom. Tom is the note professional. It's so true. And if I mess up anything about what Tyler talked about last week, talk to Tom because he has the notes. And, and there's a chance that I will mess this up. But last week, Tyler shared with us out of um, Song of Songs. And he brought up a passage um, in chapter 5 where he related... Um, the story of a man and his beloved to us and Christ. And the basic premise is at first Jesus calls for us and at times we respond with must I, which was the, the big one in that particular passage. But we could also use words like I'm busy, this is an inconvenience. How many times have we we done, have we done that? And Tyler challenged us to go, to move past that place of I'm busy, must I, there's things going on, I've had a tiring day, do, do I really, really do I need to spend time with you? Oh, come on. I just want to chill. I just want to relax. 
And yet Jesus pursues anyway. This, this, this man pursued his beloved anyway. Because Jesus pursues anyway because of his, his consuming love for us. He has a consuming love. So he pursues anyway. And then we respond because of that consuming love. It's so much that we just have to respond. And that's what happens. But in the story, in Song Psalm chapter 5, the, the, the beloved goes out and, and he's gone. But she continues to pursue because of that love that he has for her. And so his initiating is to engage us to ultimately desire and pursue him back to the point of willingly laying our lives completely down for the cause of his kingdom. He pursues us with his consuming love so that we in return will pursue him. Because he wants us to pursue him. He wants us to desire him. He wants us to go after him. That's what he wants. And so that's what we're called to do. So today, in a roundabout way, I hope to build on this love relationship that God desires all of us to experience. He wants all of us to experience this amazing love relationship. So as we, the church, because we're the church, right? This building is just, just brick and windows and stuff. But we, as the church, move into a new season, right? We're moving into this new season. It's... It's a new identity, if you will. And, and I really believe that it's crucial as a church that we drive a stake into the ground and declare that we will be abandoned in, in Him. Abandoned in Him. Making that declaration today as individuals that we as a church will be abandoned in Him. I, I believe we will also be abandoned for him. But first and foremost, we need to be abandoned in him. So for me personally, I have a way easier time being abandoned for him. I know it's a bit of a play on words, but there's a significant difference between being abandoned in him and being abandoned for him. And I find it easier to be abandoned for him. I, by nature, am a doer. I'm a mover. I'm um, like a responder. I see a need and I want to go after and meet it. I don't want to take time. I just want to go and do it. And so I have, I, have a, I have a hard time. And I'm sure there's some of you out here that are like that maybe that personality, that nature. Taking time to slow down. Taking time to go to that secret place is not as easy for you. Um, and yet, I think all of us know that it's in that secret place that we truly find that, um, that, that clear direction for our, our lives. We, we, in that quiet place, in that secret place, we find his strength to be able to do the things that he's called us to do. Tyler also shared briefly, um, I can't remember when now, but he talked about Mary and Martha, right? And I, so, I'm so Martha. 
And uh, I don't know who else here would be a Martha, but uh, there's a few nods. Yeah, yeah, you feel like you, you kind of fit in with Martha a little bit better than Mary. And, and you know, I, I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with Martha. I, I really don't. Yeah, I know. It's, it's just that we can learn a lot from Mary, right? And so, um, and maybe the other way around. Maybe sometimes Mary's going to learn a lot from Martha's. But anyways, we're not going to go there. That's a different path. But I, I'm the type that I don't have time to just sit around. And yet, as I said, it's in those moments that when we stop with the Lord that we're energized, that we are filled with the, with the passion and the love that he wants us to live with. And so in the life of Christ, we see regularly how he removed himself from the crowds. He did this all the time. And in Mark, I think it's 135, it talks about where Jesus woke up early in the morning and he went to a solitary place where he prayed. And throughout scripture, we see these moments where Jesus withdrew. He, he stepped back from the crowd. And, and that was obviously for a purpose. Um, this may not be exactly exactly right, and I don't remember who I heard this from. It's an anonymous quote, but it was a, an individual once said, I don't pray more than half an hour at a time, but there isn't a half an hour in a day that I don't pray. So, in other words, it's this constant commune with God. It's this constant walk that God, I don't want to be going and doing and being anything that you haven't called me to be or to do. I want to just be in communion with you. Jesus only did what he saw his father doing, right? That's what he, that's, that was, that was it. And in other words, he, he saw what his father was up to, his plan and his purpose, when he removed himself from the crowds. That was where that was where everything made sense. That was where, when, when he removed himself, he was energized to do the work that God had called him to do. That was where he, he saw what he was supposed to do and went and did it. And even though it may not have made sense, because he saw it before he went and did it, and he knew that the Father was calling him to, he knew that he was completely in line. How many of you have been asked... God has called you to do something, and it makes zero sense at all. But you know in that secret place, he's called you to do it. And so with confidence, you go and do it. Because confidence is also built in that secret place. Jesus' source was intimacy with his Father. And on Tuesday night when we were here praying, it was very clear the Lord was reminding us as a church that in our moving forward, we must be abandoned in him. It was so clear. I don't know what I expected at, the, at, the, at my, in a sense, first prayer meeting as Center Church or first prayer meeting at this building. I don't know what my expectation was, but it was incredible how beautiful the presence was and how it was like the Lord was just drawing us to himself. Nothing, nothing else. It was almost like, Pastor Tyler, you needed to like, near the end, which I didn't feel was forced. I felt it was very good. Um, but we need to pray for Brighton and we need to pray for Mids. It was almost like there was just this 
allowing the Lord to just pour His love into us, right? But yet it was like, but we still should pray for Brighton, and we still should pray for Burgess Hill, and we should still pray for all the things that we need to be doing. That's kind of how it felt to me. And it felt right, but it just felt like, wow, thank you, Holy Spirit, for just doing this, because this is, this is the source. This is, this is where it's at to be able to do what you've called us to do. We need to be abandoned in Him, and we must remain in Him. And this is just such a familiar passage of Scripture, but John fifteen four: Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. Right? We want to, as center church, we want to bear fruit for the kingdom of God. And so we must remain in Him. And then it says... Um, no branch can bear fruit by itself, which is another such an amazing, beautiful, you could just dive into that. How together as the church, you are not the church. You two and you, you three, two or three are the church, but you are not the church. And so um, you can't bear fruit by yourself. You need community. So it must remain in the vine. We must remain in the vine. We must remain tied into Christ. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. So the word abandoned means this. Unrestrained or uncontrolled or uninhibited. And obviously if that's our children, if they're unrestrained or uncontrolled or uninhibited, we may want to draw them back in a little bit in certain scenarios, right? Joy, especially at the school, if they're unrestrained or uncontrolled or uninhibited, that may not be a good thing in the classroom experience. I'm sure you never experience that. But with Jesus, that's what we want. We want to be unrestrained, uncontrolled, uninhibited, and so, for Kyle and I, our story, and I won't go into great detail right now, but when we were planning to make this move, which I just got to highlight, when Tyler and Donna moved here, I, I really commend you guys, because you came here and you didn't know anybody. Like, like, what they did and what we did is like, we're here and they're like way up here. Now, they were just being obedient as well, and so were we. But I just commend you guys for eight years ago kind of taking this plunge. Like, it, it was a serious plunge. It was a God plunge, but it was a serious plunge. And so, uh, as I share this story, I don't know if you, any of you really remember or know or Tyler shared their story with you in regards to that initial move here. But for us, it was kind of like, we were coming to you guys. There was a community already here. I remember when people would ask us, like, you're going to England? And it's like, yeah. And they're like, but I just said, but you know what? It's not like we're just going on our own. When we get there, we have Insta community, right? I mean, there's something beautiful about that. There's something comforting about that. So as much as it's like this crazy step into kind of unknown territory and all new, there's, there's you guys, there's, there's people that we can come and do life with that, that have same interests, that have a heart for God, that want to see the Lord move in their community. There's this common bond immediately. It wasn't like we were just trying to figure this out on our own. 
And so, anyway, so we, we move here, or before we move here, as you guys know, we, we were meant to be here, well, the plan was to be here in July. I shouldn't say meant to be here, because through this journey, we just really needed to trust the Lord. And, uh, but the plan was to be here in July. And in those two months prior, like after that, it was a real challenge. I had some really ugly moments. And Kyla, so graciously, you, you really did, brought me into correct alignment at times, just to remind me about certain things. And it was really cool. But what was super exciting and what, I, I, what I've really gleaned from that season, uh, a couple of things that, that I think are really beautiful, is that Eden really began to see the Lord moving in our circumstances to prepare us for this season. It was like when I grew up as a when I grew up with my family, I grew up in a Christian home, but it was really my parents' faith that I followed. I did not have this personal relationship with Jesus Christ that I could call my own. And I think there's so many of us that kind of grew up in the church have that similar story. Now, for my teenage years, I walked away from the Lord 100% completely, and that's not for today. But I really lived off of my parents' faith. And what was really sweet about this two-month time, from July to when we actually arrived, we saw, specifically in Eden, but as well in Silas, this growth with the Lord. We saw them just at random times just decide to pray about what was going on. We saw them begin to go, I think, I feel the Lord saying blank. And it was such, it was, for us, it was so beautiful because it was like, you can't make that stuff happen. You can't force your kids to start listening to the Lord. They have to make that decision on their own. And so for us, it was like, yes, there was sacrifice. There was significant sacrifice. We decided we're going to sell it all and come. But I don't see that as necessarily as sacrifice. I saw it as simply being obedient to what God has called us to do. I saw it as simply stuff. I saw it as simply a form of worship. And then at the end of the day, more than all of that, because again, selling stuff and getting rid of stuff and it's kind of action. At the end of the day, for us, what we found was that uh, there was this sense of abandonment rising up in us to just be with Jesus. And again, for me, being Martha, that's, that's, the, that's the challenge that I always wrestle with, just being abandoned in Him. And, and yet, we saw, like I say, just this beautiful sense of abandonment rising up in our entire family. Um, and and there's, I really don't think that, as I said, you can just make that happen. And and this whole time, we had uh, our our previously pastor, I said this is this is not just about you guys, which this is about your children. This is about what's going to happen in their lives. This is about what God's going to deposit in them. This is about generations to come. This is about this is about something being deposited that 
will radically change their outlook and their relationship with Christ forever. And so we have really decided as a, as a family that this is not just a dream in mine and Kyla's heart. This, this is a dream, but at the same time, this is about us journeying together with our kids so that they can grow in Christ as well and, uh, and not simply for him. So in John 12, 8, which is the passage I'm going to go to today, John 12, 1 to 8, we see this spot-on example of someone who was unrestrained, uncontrolled, and uninhibited. And I'm going to read it in a second here. But I, as mentioned, have so much to learn from Mary. This passage of scripture brings out many applications, and yet what strikes me the most is this incredible act of worship towards Jesus. So, this one's NIV I'm reading out of. So, chapter 12 of John, verse 1. Six days before the Passover, Jesus arrived at Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served with Lazarus, uh, sorry, Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard and ex- an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of the disciples, Judas, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As a keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put put into it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. So culturally, this was not the norm. What she did that day was not the norm. And, 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 and actually touching someone's feet was regarded by the Jews as very degrading, a very degrading experience, and was reserved for slaves and others to whom little honor was due. And yet Mary, at what is understood as a dinner, in Jesus' honor, so this wasn't just like an ordinary meal, communicates volumes about her elevated regard for Jesus. Her act clearly demonstrated her commitment to him. And this act displayed the posture of her heart, as I've been talking about being abandoned in him, this unrestrained, uncontrolled, uninhibited love for him. And the bottom line was nothing was going to get in her way. She didn't conform to the, to the norms of culture. She decided that I'm going to live different. I'm going to be different. I'm going to to, to move in a way that people 
see it as being different. And I've, I've said this, this is super profound. If you want to be different, if you want to live different, you got to be different. And I don't mean you have to be weird, but, but if you want to be different, if you want to stand out, you got to live different. That's just, that's the reality. And, and so this is what she did. Nothing would get in her way. And so by pouring an expensive perfume on Jesus' feet and letting her hair down, which was another countercultural move on her part, she humbled herself, making yet another clear statement that priority number one for Mary was to be abandoned in him. That was her priority number one. Now, Jesus, in this moment, so clearly affirms in verse 7 and 8, which we just read, her actions to those with him that day. And he said these things, right? Leave her alone. Explaining what the perfume was for. That the poor will always be among them. And that you will not always have me. He made that so clear that day. And we know today as we look back on this particular moment that these were direct statements regarding Judas's lying and deceptive heart, right? His, his motives were not pure. We, we know that. Thank you that our ushers are, their motives are pure. Not wanting to take a little bit from the purse, right? Um, his heart was deceptive and, and, and lying. And that Jesus was about to be crucified. We know that this was about to happen as well. That Jesus was about to be crucified. And that shortly after that, he would no longer be physically walking the earth, but would be sitting at the right hand of the Father. So as we look back, those were those, that in context of that particular story, what was going on, that was what was taking place. And yet for us, even though this act from Mary had a direct purpose of what we what we can glean from her is this life of intimacy she lived with father god that's what we can glean from her she was so in tune not only understanding what was to come but where christ needed to be in her life it's like we know that there are going to be things that will come that will take place in our lives. But first and foremost, we need to take a step back and say, Jesus, this is exactly where I need to be in your life. Not this is where you need to be in my life, but this is exactly where I need to be in your life. She set for us this beautiful example of where Jesus needs to be, where we need to be, in order to live out the life he desires for all of us. Jesus was at the center of her life, and we are challenged from her life to do the very same. And I mean, it's kind of sweet that today is like the first Sunday as, you know, with the new signs. Chris, you and David been putting those up? Just, just David? I took a picture of it this morning, put it on my Facebook, kind of... Um, not my profile, but the border thing at the top. So I'm very happy about that. But Jesus was at the center of her life. 
And we're to do the challenge to do the same. So in our love relationship, it's hard at times to separate just being and the doing. Right? And so at the end of the day, what Mary did was action in front of others. Correct? I mean, she poured, she poured perfume on Jesus' feet. She wiped his feet with her hair. That was an action. Um, but I truly believe that what happened that day was deposited long before that moment. Perhaps stemming back to the story of Mary and Martha in Luke 10.38, where we obviously read about Mary just being with Jesus and Martha being all busy in that, right? But as it says in Mark Mark 14.9, it says, Wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in her memory. So this is the same story, but in Mark. But there's just a few more lines, and one of them is what I just read. What she has done will also be told in memory of her. I want this in my life. I want my actions to count. I don't want to just coast through life and hope what I'm doing is making a difference. I want to be on the mark. I don't want to just like be shooting just wherever. I want to be on the mark. I want to, I want to do exactly what God has called me to do. And, and not so that I can receive glory, but so that Jesus will be lifted up for generations to come. If somebody gives me a pat on the back and says, hey, way to go, I'll be honest, I need that sometimes. But I don't want it for myself. I want it so that Jesus will get the glory, so God will get the glory. And uh, so Mary discovered the secret of living the life Jesus desires for all of us, intimacy. And the rest really is bonus. It's about being intimate with him. I'm going to skip a few things. I think I can do that. No, maybe I won't. We're okay. Wait, what time do we, what time do you normally do this to? Do we end at like 11.30? Okay, then I will skip that part. Okay. So Mary, Mary physically learned from and walked with Jesus. And for us, it's a bit different, right? Jesus um, is gone. But he didn't leave us alone, right? We have Holy Spirit to lead us into that intimate place with our Heavenly Father. And so this morning, again, piggybacking on this whole idea of pursuing not what God's called us to do, even though we, we are going to be fully engaged in that, but pursuing Him and making Him the, the center of what we're doing, being abandoned completely in Him. As a family today, that we would move forward in this new season completely, completely 100% abandoned in Him. Let's remind ourselves daily to, to persevere with our first love and not persevere without our first love. And that was another passage of scripture that Pastor Tyler brought up to us very recently. And we wanted to, we wanted to like, not that we were like really talking about what, uh, everything that I was going to be saying today, but we wanted to tie in 
these thoughts that have been happening because, because they're important thoughts. And maybe you didn't make it out to the, to the weekend away. We want, we want everybody to be on board. We want everybody to be hearing what's happening. We want everybody to know this is, this is the heart. This is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. Um, so that nobody's left behind. We want to be walking together in unity as one, right? And so we want to bring all these things in. And so, so we, we want um, to persevere with our first love. And I've, I have found so often that persevering without Jesus becomes discouraging. It really does. And, uh, but when Jesus remains as our first love, persevering is energizing. If I'm persevering and I feel like God's not in it, oh, let me just go home. But if I know Jesus is in it, then it's energizing. If I know that I am just in that place that Jesus has me in, then it's so energizing. Uh, and, 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 and obviously, it comes, that direction for our lives comes from that intimate place with Him. And so, the reality for us today is that God is calling us to a deeper intimacy with Him. He wants intimacy with Him to trump everything else. He wants intimacy with Him to be our first priority. There's an old saying that you guys have probably heard, and I believed it once upon a time because of the person that shared it with me. I had um, really admired him. But uh, I was young, very young in my faith. Maybe not even, maybe I didn't even have any faith at that time. I can't remember. But it is uh, so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. And, uh, and that's just bad theology, right? We need to be heavenly minded and that is found through intimacy with the Father. We need to be completely heavenly minded. Now I understand why this gentleman used this quote which is so um, famous in a sense. Like what he was trying to get at is some people cannot relate to people in like just a real practical sense because they're just so out there, right? But really, we know that we want to hear, we want to walk with the heart of God in every single situation. We want to be so engaged in the kingdom and so engaged in the heavenlies that when we practically meet the needs of people, that something radically changes in their lives. And so we want to be heavenly minded. And so today, as a, as a family, we need to, to decide that let's simply fall more in love with Jesus. And I know, like, as I say that, it's kind of like, well, how do I do that? Or, or is that even possible? Or, you know, there's just so many questions. And, and in so many ways, there's not like this nice, neat formula that I can put up on here and say, these are your four steps to fall more in love with Jesus. I, I wish there was. But it's just about saying, God, I surrender to you. And I know that this, this is truth and this is, this is what is so important for my life to just be found in that intimate place with you, walking with you in everything that I'm doing. And out of that love for him, I believe we will experience more than we can fathom. I believe that out of that love for him, 
will be an overflow that we won't be able to contain or keep in. And, and again, it's like when we try to, like I understand sometimes, sometimes there's stuff that God's calling us to do and there is direct, um, battle happening in the heavenlies that it's not easy. It's not like just falling into place nicely. I get that. And, and, and I believe God gives us the perseverance. He gives us his strength to manage and to keep going and to move, move forward with it. But then there's, but then there's also this, this intimacy that we want to have with him that, that when we're in that place and walking in what he's called us to do, there will be this overflow that we can't contain or keep in. And we'll just, our only focus will be how can we make a difference in our community? How can we live differently? How can we move differently? How can we uh, have others experience the things that, that we're experiencing? And so like Mary, that did everything countercultural, that was willing to just give it all and lay it all down, no matter what people thought, no matter what people said, no matter how people looked at her. Like Mary, let's give to God first and foremost our complete affection. And like I said earlier in that one quote, intimacy with the Father is not about going home now and spending 12 hours in your closet or six hours or four. It's just about communing with him. It's about waking up every morning and saying, God, I want to walk with you today. God, today, for whatever reason, I only had 15 minutes to read, my, read the word. Today I only had 10, but today I actually had an hour. Or, or whatever it might be. It would just be that there would just be this conscious decision in your heart and in your mind that you just want to commune and walk with him. And I do really believe that it's important. Some people go, well, I just don't have time. And so I just talk to Jesus on the way, to, on you know, as I'm driving to work. Which I believe in that. But right now, if I did that, I'd be crashing all over the place. That would just be a bad scene, learning how to drive in England. We're on, you know, Canada, the other side, and it's been interesting. But it's actually, we've done really good. Right, honey? Don't you think? Yeah, we've done really good. And, uh, and so, but we... We just got to make that conscious decision to say, hey, God, I want to just commune with you. I want to be in that intimate place with you. That's what matters first and foremost. And so, Tom, do you mind coming up? Can we, can we sing that song? If you, uh, Tyler's at school, sing a song. Can, can we sing that song, the last one, I surrender um, everything to you or something? Something like that. Uh, I'll stand with arms high and heart abandoned. The second last song if you don't mind doing that. The second last song, this Tom just prepares uh, to get the sheet music out and stuff like that. Would you stand with me this morning? And uh, and obviously, Pastor Tyler, if you have anything to say, just come on up here with me. But I just, I, I definitely, as I stated at the very beginning that that we as a church family would would drive a stake into the ground today and declare that we will be abandoned in him yes we will be abandoned for him but first and foremost we'd be abandoned in him
that we would desire just communing with him. And so in your own way this morning, this may have hit your heart and you might be going, yeah, I, I got to get back to that place. Or you might be here today just going, I'm not really feeling anything. Just glad I showed up. I'm glad he's almost done. But I found that there's, there's many times that I come into a setting like this and I worship's happening and I'm just, I'm not there. I'm just not there. And, and yet I know that it's the place that I need to be. And I think this morning, whether you feel like you really want this or you're just kind of like, eh, I'm not sure where I'm at right now. I would just encourage you. I would just challenge you just to say, God, this isn't actually about emotion. This isn't actually about a feeling. This is actually about me aligning myself with you as my father. This is actually about me not saying this is what I want, but saying this is what you desire and so I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to I'm going in the direction that you're calling me to. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt and, and I will have as as we get to share a little more often I know Kyla has lots of amazing things to say. She usually says them quicker and more precisely and and they usually have more impact. Um, <laughs> but she already just had just by spending time with the Lord had this really cool revelation. And and it's and it's just something that couldn't be made up on your own. And uh, and so it's that intimate place that we truly are energized and we truly are um, able to to just walk with the Lord. So as Tom leads us, make your prayer this morning, whether you feel like it or not. This is this is not actually just about you, even though it is. This is about our church unifying as one, saying we're going to be abandoned in Him so we can make the greatest impact in Burgess Hill, so that we can make the greatest impact in Brighton, so that we can make the greatest impact in our workplace, so that we can make the greatest impact at our schools, so that we can make the greatest impact when we're walking down the street, so that we can make the greatest impact no matter where we're at and what, no matter what we're doing that people would recognize something different about us because of the light of Christ in us. Because of spending time in that secret place that sometimes requires us to, to stop all the other things that are going on. So Lord, we lift our, our hearts, our eyes to you. We lift our hands to you this morning. And we say, help us to, to, to just live in that intimate place with you. Help us to make that priority number one. Help us to not be worried about what people think or say. Help us to be different in this community. Help us to not be residents of the UK, but residents of the heavenly realms. Help us to be, to be that. So that as we walk out into our communities, things will begin to look different. 
and as things can sometimes seem so lifeless, Lord, that we, because of you dwelling in us, not something we're just trying to create, but because you dwell in us, we would bring life. And so, Lord, I thank you for that this morning. And so as we sing this song, our prayer is to be abandoned in you. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people, in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news, or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.